Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis and Nick Verzellini. Good afternoon and welcome into this Monday, June 27th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Poonick and Nick Verzellini. You know, in my head there, Nick, I was trying to say Colin, but Colin out on vacation this week. And, uh, you know, when you do that for so long, it just gets in your head that you want to repeat it over and over again, and I had to stop myself there. Uh, well, I didn't fix our title, so it says the sports mix with Avery and Dylan here, even though it's you and I. Well, so, why was it even that way? Because for the one show that they filled in for us for golf. But uh, that was like two, three weeks ago. Yeah, but we haven't used the two shots since then. Oh, that, yeah, because Avery was on the show on Friday. You're right. Yeah, so I will... Figure out wherever that title is, and I'll try to fix that. <laughs> All right, well, we've got a lot of baseball to talk. We'll we'll first start talking about the little league tournament that has is continuing to take place right now. Well, this evening started on Friday night at the Morgan County Little League Complex out in Berkeley Springs uh, on Friday night. Uh, started with a bang. Martinsburg got a ten nothing victory over Morgan County to move on to the winners bracket. Uh, it was really just complete domination in that one by the the Martinsburg ten to twelve year old All Stars. Nick, yeah, it was. It was a uh, you know pretty good showing for them. I think on the mound, uh, Elliott threw a good game for them in that start. Um, Morgan County was a team that had some good moments here and there, but just couldn't seem to string their hits together uh, to put up runs throughout the tournament uh, was kind of an issue. So really good start for Martinsburg, that 10 nothing win. Showed some good bright spots throughout their lineup and with their depth as well. Um, and, you know, we're an impressive team to watch in that, in that first game and got off to that good start. And I think, you know, as we get into the rest of the tournament, you know, they're now sitting there uh, with a chance to still advance, depending on what happens tonight. Well, tomorrow. Well, tonight I will determine their opponent is what I was going to say. Uh, But, you know, they've beat Hedgesville in extra innings, which was a great game, and um, a Martinsburg team that can still make a run toward district so uh definitely a, a really good start for them though in that first game and it really was clicking on on all sides of the game yeah and then they on saturday they would go on to beat hedgesville three to one i believe that one is extra innings uh in seven yeah, innings as it was seven inning game. that was the seven inning game uh so they would advance to last night's uh district final tournament or district or excuse me, Area 1 championship game via the double elimination. Uh, and the other team advancing on from Saturday was Jefferson, a 10 nothing victory over South Berkeley. And uh, I, I have no words for what this Jefferson team is another year in a row. Last year we saw them uh, dominate in area, dominate in district, dominate in states, make it to the regionals down in Warner Robin, Georgia, and ultimately going, uh, I believe, one and two. They lost their first game, won their second game, and then lost their third game. Uh, so they were out in the double elimination part of that bracket. Uh, but 
they just reloaded this year. Uh, I don't know, and I was saying this last night to a lot of people there around the Morgan County Little League Complex. What are they putting the water in Jefferson Counties? What are they teaching? Are they doing batting practice in first, second, third grade now? Because they're hitting dingers, and not just a couple guys. Not just last year, I think it was one or two guys that were really hitting all the home runs there for the Jefferson uh, County team. It's like, I felt like over the last two days, everybody was getting into the action. A 15 nothing victory over Martinsburg in three innings uh, for the outright Area 1 championship last night. Um, and just, wow. Uh, I don't know. I, there's no other words to say for back-to-back seasons now. I, obviously, we haven't been here past that or before that, so I can't speak for the other teams before that besides looking at, you know, quick facts and stuff. But seeing that in person for two years in a row with different people as those guys last year aged out, those kids aged out to their 13 now, it's just crazy that they have literally scored 25 runs in two games and, heck, nine, eight, nine home runs, I feel like. Yeah, I'm not sure the exact number there on the home runs. I think it's seven home runs in yeah. the two games. Because I think one wasn't inside the park, but it wasn't. It was a yeah. triple, and then. But yeah, either way, I mean, one through nine can go deep. You see, and it's it's not always the big you know kids that look like they're 15 years old that are actually 12, and they just yeah. look really old for their age. They just it's not all just those kids. It's you know the kids that are you know smaller and look their age and and have you know just really good hitting and, and good timing and you know you saw that with leadoff hitter hunter hefner going deep yesterday to lead off the game uh for jefferson um you know, he just belts a ball to center field line drive and it keeps carrying and eventually makes it out and uh you know one through nine the lineup can do damage they have good bench players as well their pitching has been fantastic their defense has been good so you know there was no real holes in the Jefferson's team's game and that's kind of becoming the norm they are dominating baseball around this area uh really at both the little league and the high school level yeah. uh i mean sure the high school games were much more competitive but these first two area games there was pretty much no competition this team was clear clearly the uh, superior team there and you know they have an impressive team i think they got a chance to repeat as state champs but you know we'll get a better feel for them i think come the district tournament when we see some different looking or some different teams around this area as well but um you know a very impressive jefferson team jacob hutchinson with his power and his ability to pitch yesterday andy roberts in that lineup just to name a few that have stood out in these first few games uh vogel as well the catcher damian vogel yeah you know he had some big knocks in those games so you know it's a deep team it's an impressive team and definitely a team capable of uh heading back to georgia for the regional tour And, and andy roberts the younger brother of sammy roberts who at Jefferson, uh, they're the star quarterback for the football team and uh, pitched and hit for the Jefferson baseball team that made it to the state semifinal. I was talking to him. Uh, he came up, talked to us last night. He's saying his brother was going for, I believe, uh, when Sammy was in Little League is what I can under, what I remember from what I'm saying is, I believe Sammy hit 23 home runs uh, <laughs> during the little, during like area district and states. Uh, so I think he's going for that. 
Well, he's already got two. Yeah. And Sammy has another younger brother he was telling us about. Yeah, that, is, that is, I believe, also, a, going to be a freshman at Jefferson this year. If I, I'm not certain if that was what it was or I didn't hear the whole conversation. I think his, I think he said as a freshman this year or okay. will be next year, like either this upcoming fall or the fall after. Uh, but he's a big ball player as well. So uh, that it's just like the Horowitz family before last year. We saw Aiden Horowitz there in for that Jefferson team. He'll be coming up to Jefferson in the next couple of years. Um, and now the Roberts family building their way up. Uh, to Jefferson High School as well with more uh, more to come from them. Yeah, and I mean, can talk all day about this Jefferson Little League yeah. program and just their baseball program in general uh, being clearly one of the best in the area, clearly one of the best in the state. And um, I still think there's, though, potential between Martinsburg, Hedgesville, and South Berkeley to make a little bit of a run if they're able to reach the district tournament. Uh, so there, there's some excitement tonight. You know, yeah, South well, Berkeley Hedgesville should be a really good game. Yeah. So last night the first game, uh, Morgan County versus South Berkeley, originally set for 5 p.m. was uh, delayed a little bit due to lightning in the area and a little bit of uh, thunderstorms. Luckily, for the most part, those thunderstorms kind of went around the Morgan County Little League complex. They said it was storming five miles down the road or ten miles down the road, either way. But just really was a lightning within i believe two to or three to eight miles is where they wanted to halt it and then it was just raining there for a little bit of that first game uh but south berkeley gets the win over morgan county 11 to 1 and uh they uh south berkeley moves on to tonight unfortunately morgan county eliminated but so tonight it'll be south berkeley hedgesville 6 p.m will be on the air at around 5 50 uh, the winner of this game will take on Martinsburg for the Area 1 runner-up uh, tomorrow night, that at 6 p.m. as well. So it should be a good one tonight between Hedgesville and South Berkeley. Again, Hedgesville losing 3-1 to one to Martinsburg on Saturday. Uh, South Berkeley losing 10 nothing to Jefferson on Saturday, but winning 11-1 to one over Morgan County yesterday. So uh, as you mentioned, a lot of things still to come to see who else is going to make the district tournament that is set for um, the 5th and 6th at Oatsdale Park. Uh, that is next week. Jefferson already punching their ticket. Uh, Jefferson will play on the 5th at 730. So that's the Area 1 champion. We'll play the Area 2 champion. I'm not sure if Area 2. Um, yeah, I believe that had to be. I believe that game, that was at Moorefield. Uh, Pendleton, Hampshire, Moorefield, Ham- or uh, excuse me, Grant County, Mineral. Uh, that tournament, I believe, had to be postponed yesterday uh, due to the storms. It was a lot more stormy up there. So their area championship will be tonight. And uh, I get, I don't know if they're going to play two field. No, I'm assuming they'll just push everything back so they won't have their runner up until Wednesday. Whereas the area one will have their runner up tomorrow. Uh, but uh, should be a good rest of this area tournament district tournament. We will have for you again, the fifth and sixth next week at Oatsdale park. And then the state's coming up after that at Oatsdale as well. But these next, uh, this next two games for us here in area one, and then the district tournament should be, uh, a, should be great to see all this talent, this young talent, see what they can do. Yeah, we haven't seen the uh, power in the lineup from you know South Berkeley and uh, Hedgesville for our game tonight. So I think you know those teams not necessarily 
uh, able to rely on that those home run balls. Um, but they can rely on other things like their speed, their pitching, and their defense to have success. So I would expect maybe a lower-scoring game tonight um, between these two teams. Uh, both teams have had impressive pitching performance. We saw Jackson Hibbets come in of relief uh, in yesterday's game and just shut down Morgan County completely. And we saw in game one for Hedgesville, you know, they were right there with a chance to win that game against Martinsburg, had a one nothing lead well into the ball game. I think it was like the fourth inning when Martinsburg finally uh, was able to break through and tie things up. So, you know, Hedgesville, they're kind of a team that I don't know how to read them yet because they we've only seen one game from them. And it was a game that they very well could have won. Uh, but a very they, low scoring game. Yeah, they there. didn't really have much offense. So, you know, this second game will tell us a lot about these teams and uh, see who ends up pulling it out and who can get to Martinsburg. And we'll see then who is the uh, second team advancing here in districts. But um, it, it should be exciting, should be good Little League baseball action. Again, I. I Based on what we've seen in the first few games, you know, this looks like a pretty even matchup. So I would expect a competitive ball game throughout tonight. Yes, and that again, 6 p.m. Uh, you can hear it on radio, TV, and on WRNR TV on YouTube. We'll get things going around 5.50 with the pregame show, South Berkeley Hedgesville tonight. Same thing tomorrow, 6 p.m. will be the winner of tonight's game versus Martinsburg, 5.50, 6 p.m. first pitch there at the Morgan County Little League Complex. Uh, let's turn our attention now to some more baseball locally. Uh, the Berkeley Post 14 Hornets had another great weekend. They're currently playing in the semifinal of the Frederick Woodbat tournament, but we'll start on Friday where they got a 17 nothing victory over Hughesville Post 238 uh, in six innings. And uh, it was just a 3 nothing game after in the headed to the bottom of the second inning uh, for Berkeley post 14 and then top of the fifth inning and the sixth inning they really did all their work five runs in the fifth and six runs or excuse me nine runs in the sixth uh, Chase Herndon two for four two RBIs Kami and Gonzalez three for five two RBIs Jack Risenweber two for four three RBIs um, Camby got a hit and an RBI. Uh, Jason Myers with an RBI. And Landon Sifford one for three with an RBI, along with Dylan Stevens, an RBI. And Chase Herndon got the victory uh, that Friday game, the first game. Five innings, no hits, eight strikeouts. Uh, believe it's Brad Smedic came in for one inning, allowed one hit with one strikeout. And, you know, I was talking to you about this, I think, on uh, Sunday when Tripp had sent me a text saying what was going on and um you look at that pitch count for chase herndon five innings and he had eight strikeouts didn't allow a hit didn't give up a walk uh so he had i believe a perfect game going unless he there was an error uh there was no error so uh, he had a perfect game going and then he obviously you're going to need him again later in the tournament when you're playing friday potentially through monday and he went. He only threw fifty-five pitches, thirty-eight of those for strikes, with eight strikeouts. That is crazy to me. Yeah, I mean that's an impressive performance, and we've talked a lot about this Berkeley Post fourteen Hornets team. Their offense has been incredible, but their pitching has kind of slowed them down at times. And it seems like now that the pitching is starting to really ramp back up, starting to get more comfortable, and able to uh, 
pitch well enough to, you know, put up a shutout every once in a while. So, you know, the pitching is starting to come along. Herndon having that fantastic performance the other day. Uh, very impressive for him on the mound. And the bats are there for this team. So Berkeley post 14, they're once again looking like the team that I think we expected them to be when we saw the roster. And it seems like things are coming together for them right around the right time uh, based on what, you know, Coach Tur- Coach Tobin had uh, told us, you know, is that he wants this team to be playing its best ball in July, and we're almost to July. So, yeah, well, then like the, things are going in the right direction. You talk about the shutout there. Then the second game on Friday playing the Boonesboro Maryland Legion team, they got a 2 nothing victory uh, in eight innings with uh, – a two-for-three day from Jack Risenweber with an RBI. Colin Reed, one-for-four with an RBI. Those two RBIs. Jordan Camby, a two-for-three day as well. Seven innings on the mound there uh, from Trevor Bohr. Three hits allowed, no runs, one walk, six strikeouts on 82 pitches. So you uh, burn really just one full pitcher in those two games. Uh, then Saturday they fell to the Norchester team. 4-2, to two, but yesterday coming back and getting a 9 nothing shutout over Severina Park Legion post 135 um, in dominating fashion there. Caleb Edwards on the mound, four hits allowed, no runs, three strikeouts on 46 pitches through five innings. Um, getting that win in just really five innings. They had one in the first, two in the second, three, or one in the third, one in the fourth, and four there in the fifth inning. Uh, Two for three game and two RBIs from Jack Risenweber. And then uh, a lot of guys. Moore had an RBI. Hartman had an RBI. Um, Ruest had an RBI to go along with Sifford and Ty Broughton. And uh, that led them to today where they are playing a team that they had actually played at home. Uh, what, the 15th, I think, or something? Was it the 15th, 14th? It was when I was on vacation. It was that Wednesday game, the 15th. Uh, where they had lost to Leesburg post-34, 8-6. They're currently now tied 2-2 uh, midway through the fourth. And let me double-check because when I went on, it was 2 nothing they were losing. And a 2-RBI double from Riley Bubb scores 2 in the game now tied heading into the bottom of the fourth inning on the mound for Berkeley post-14. Dylan Stevens in three innings. He's given up three hits, two runs, two earned, two walks, two strikeouts. Um, and then Jack Risenweber is two for two so far today with uh, one hit from Colin Reed, one hit from Cayman Gonzalez, and one hit from Riley Bubb. Uh, so we'll keep you updated throughout the rest of this, uh, I guess, as much as we can throughout the rest of today's show. Uh, the winner of that game will play in the Frederick Wooden Bat or Wood Bat Tournament Championship sometime this afternoon on Game Changer. It has listed at 2 p.m., but I don't think that would happen. I would guess maybe 4 or 5 p.m. tonight. Uh, but uh, we'll keep you updated. We'll talk. We'll uh, break it down to on the. Um, if we have time during the Little League game as well. Uh, Before we hit the break here, I just want to mention something that we mentioned on the show Friday. Uh, It was breaking news kind of at the time that uh, Marshall, who uh, doesn't have a baseball stadium, was playing at their YMCA field there in uh, Huntington, uh, they the board of governors met and they unanimously approved the capital program uh, to build a baseball stadium and they 
we're kind of doing a crowdfunding campaign, Nick. And uh, you could go, you could have text go her to 801801 or go to com. And originally it was just that day they were going to have a matching $50,000 donation um, from, I believe, the Lambert family. Yeah, the Lambert, Chris and Melissa Lambert, who I believe he's the president of the Big Green, uh, trying to get things going there. And uh, obviously you kind of start that at around 9, 10 a.m. It's going to be. You know, going to be hard to get 50000 in one day when it's hard to get the word out when not everybody's going to see the email that didn't come out till around noon. And so they extended it through the weekend. And yesterday they hit 50000 at, I'd say, around noon or 2 p.m. And now it's up to nearly 60000 uh, but it'll only be matched to uh, 50000 So right now they're at nearly 110000 uh, donated for the stadium. Uh, I will admit, I I did donate twenty five dollars to the cause. Uh, but you and you and me, Nick, we know uh, from broadcasting there at WMUL at Marshall University, uh, broadcasting a baseball game was like broadcasting. I don't even know what to what to compare it to uh, because you, there was the press box was really small, and uh, we were always outside. Yeah, I ended up just moving us outside pretty yeah. much permanently because it was honestly a little bit better. Uh, you know, the YMCA was a great facility. Yeah, it was a great facility for do. what it was. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I donated and I said uh, it'd be nice to see the people that come after us at a WMUL to be able to broadcast from potentially a booth like we do at football. Um, and uh, also it would be nice, but it probably won't happen, is if they name it Coach Jack Cook Memorial Stadium. Yeah. And I think Marshall's baseball program, I mean, those guys deserve a stadium on campus. It's been, they've kind of been the overlooked team for far too long. So they should really name it Jack Cook Memorial, Coach Jack Cook Memorial Stadium, uh, with the field being named after Coach Wagner, because he could have easily left at any point, uh, not having the right facilities there at all uh, to really bring in a good baseball program and you know you got to give it up to him for staying there for so long and being able to see potentially this thing come through projected for 2024 opening uh and i'm assuming this week more things will come out uh with getting that donation there uh but that'll do it for this first segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by hagerstown ford revolutionizing the car buying experience buy your next vehicle online they'll deliver to you if you don't like it they'll take it back go to hagerstownford.com for more on the other side of this break uh, we'll talk a little WVU. They got a few commits this weekend, and uh, Stanley Cup last night uh, was given out to one of the two teams there in the finals in Game Six. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break or two in the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV Ten. Hagerstown Ford continues to be your leader in car sales up and down the I-81 corridor. We will beat any and all competitors' prices. We've made buying a new car easier than ever with one-day delivery better than Amazon and a return policy better than Walmart. Your satisfaction is our guarantee. If you don't like it, simply return it and we'll come pick it up. No questions asked. Why would you shop anywhere else? 
At Hagerstown Ford, we take great pride in our community and supporting our local student-athletes. That's why Hagerstown Ford is the official car dealership of Shepherd Rams quarterback Tyson Bagent. Our remote buying process has made new car shopping so easy, you'll never even set foot in a dealership. Simply go to HagerstownFord.com and click on the car you want to buy it, or use the Axle Auto app. It's that easy. You can order your new car on any device. Go to HagerstownFord.com and get your new car signed, sealed, and delivered from Hagerstown Ford. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. After a two-year COVID break, Valley Guns 2 is having their seventh annual sidewalk sale on July 2nd. Browse 108 feet of sale and clearance items, such as Smith & Wesson handguns like the MP2.0 40 caliber full-size semi-auto and the MP2.0 compact or the Model 60 Pro Series and 442 revolver. It's the seventh annual sidewalk sale at Valley Guns 2, exit 5 off I-81 in Woodwest, Virginia. Find out more at valleyguns2.com. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this Monday, June 27th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Bui, Nick Verzellini hanging out with you today. Colin on vacation this week. Uh, he is, I believe, on a cruise in Spain, living the high life out there. Uh, but he'll be back next Tuesday as we're all off on the 4th of July. So we won't see him until next Tuesday. Uh, but let's get into his favorite football team in college. WVU is a great weekend for them in recruiting aspects, and uh, a lot of these people that they uh, or a lot of these kids that they are recruited, uh, very familiar to the program when you look at the last names, and uh, as it's being dubbed on blueandgoldnews.com, Sunday was Legacy Day, or excuse me, Saturday was Legacy Day, June 25th. Uh, not only did Mountaineer football program haul in four commits in the span of a few hours. Three of them had fathers who played at West Virginia. Uh, the latest was uh, Treasure Coast defensive lineman Corey McIntyre Jr., son of Mountaineer fan favorite Corey Sr., who played from 98 to 2001, or recording 171 tackles in 40 games. Uh, Rich Rod was one of the head coaches during that time. He had an NFL career as a fullback and tight end in Cleveland, New Orleans, Atlanta, and Buffalo. Uh, so, that's a big haul you get in there. He had three offers from Power 5 schools, uh, Indiana, Mississippi State, NC State. Or he had offers from Power 5 schools, those three, uh, NC State, Pitt, Washington State, along with FPS, FBS tenders from Florida Atlantic, Florida International, Coastal Carolina, Liberty Marshall, and USF. Uh, they now have 16 total players already in the class of 2023, uh, but they also – got sons of other former players 
uh, including, let me find the exact names here, uh, Rich Branham's son, Noah Branham, and Tory Johnson's senior son, Tory Johnson Jr. Uh, so uh, WVU having a great weekend for recruits and uh, just going to make that Mountaineer program a lot better potentially. And uh, you always like to see when a school can offer the son of a standout player, you know, where this Corey McIntyre senior was really a standout there for the Mountaineers from 98 to 01. And you see his son uh, coming to or committing to come to play for the Mountaineers in, in one year. Uh, it's kind of cool to see that and to be the son of a, of a player at a college and be able to go then and commit to play where your dad played is pretty cool as well. Yeah. I mean, Anytime you're getting guys that are that their dads, uh, you know, played college football, played professional football, uh, you're probably getting guys that you know understand the game pretty well, understand what it takes to have success at this level or at that level uh, in college football. So, not only is it the connection to WVU there, but there's a connection to understanding the game understanding how to break down film understanding how to succeed at a high level so i think you're probably getting not only good football players but guys that are going to make your program just better all the way around in terms of leadership and stuff like that so because that's kind of been their expect expectation from probably their dad and and their other coaches that they've had in the past so uh definitely a good day for wvu recruiting wise a program that hasn't gone in the direction under Noah Brown that I think they've wanted it to. Yeah. Uh, but like we've said, I think this will be year four for him. So this is under Neil Brown. Yeah. Neil Brown. Who'd I say? Noah. Noah Brown. I was like, I know his name starts with an N, but you just kind of confused me there for a second. I was like, it's definitely Neil Brown. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that program, you know, this is kind of the couple make or break seasons for, for coach Neil Brown potentially. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're getting into now everybody pretty much on the roster was recruited by you. Yeah, and so, that's what you want in a program, and it takes time to get there. Yeah, You can't just do it all in one or two years. Um, but before we say goodbye to the Mountaineers for the day, we'll talk basketball. This news came out last week, uh, put it in my sports report, but uh, didn't get to talk about it on the show. Uh, the non-conference men's basketball schedule released Monday, November 7th, home opener versus mount st mary's uh friday november 11th uh backyard brawl basketball edition at pitt uh they'll host moorhead state on november 15th they'll host penn on november 18th they'll be at the phil knight legacy from november 24th to november 27th uh they'll be at xavier for the uh big 12 big east battle that is on December 3rd, which we knew a couple weeks back. Uh, December 7th, they're hosting Navy. December 10th, UAB. December 18th, Buffalo. December 22nd, Stony Brook. And then on January 28th will be the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Non-conference-wise, they will host Auburn. And then the conference schedule has yet to come out, but obviously you know the opponents, uh, Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Kansas, TCU. Obviously, you got to go there and play them at home. So uh, when that schedule comes out, we'll kind of alert you of that. But uh, the Mountaineers, again, only travel a few times to Pitt uh, for the Phil Knight Legacy to Cincinnati, Ohio. 
uh, in the non-conference schedule with a lot of conference teams, you know, a lot of the, those, those non-conference games coming to Morgantown. Uh, UAB, again, going to, going to Morgantown. And uh, uh, it seems like they're building quite a non-conference kind of rivalry there with UAB, Nick. Yeah, there's a connection I think Bob Huggins has with uh, Adam Kennedy, the head coach. Yep. UAB, um, but it sounds like a very similar, if not the exact same, non-conference schedule besides the changes in the SEC Big 12 tournament in the Big East, or not tournament, but challenge in the Big East Big 12 challenge. Yeah, definitely, uh, but we'll keep you updated. Again, we air most of, if not all of those games here on the station. Uh, But now let's turn our attention to NHL, as the NHL season concluded last night with the Avalanche beating the Lightning 2-1 to one in Game 6, winning the series 4-2. to two. And uh, I believe when I was on vacation, uh, Dylan got that right. He tweeted out a clip from the show from, what day was that? The What day was that? On the 13th. So that was back on Monday or Tuesday. He had Avalanche in 6. I think I was saying Avalanche winning, but I don't know if I gave an exact timeline. As much as before the Stanley Cup final started, I had wanted Lightning to go three in a row just because you never see it. Um, Once I saw the Avalanche in there, I think they were a gritty team all season. They were kind of predicted to be up there the whole season, and they win their first cup since 2001, McCarr MVP. Uh, For me, it was cool seeing a former cap, Andre Burkowski, hoist the cup. He's been out since game two. Uh, with a broken wrist, uh, but he definitely he had a couple goals in the final series in the finals, so uh, he definitely contributed to winning the cup specifically in the finals. Nick, yeah, it's uh, you know the end of the road for or the end of the run for the Lightning, but not the end of them being one of the top teams uh, in the NHL. I mean, if you make it the three straight Stanley Cups, that's still an impressive achievement, but. Yeah, give credit to Colorado. I mean, they were the second-best team in the regular season this year in terms of total points. Um, so, you know, they were expected to be in, in the finals, and this uh, was an impressive run for them. And, you know, congrats. There's to a West Virginia here. connection here. Uh, Colorado Avalanche head coach Jared Bednar. Uh, some people may remember that this state at one point had a team, that team uh, in Huntington in a minor league affiliation there uh, for a little bit, the Huntington Blizzard of the ECHL. Uh, He played for them. He was an undrafted, going undrafted by the NHL. He made his professional debut during the 93-94 season with the Huntington Blizzard. He played three seasons with the team, posting a career high in points during the 94-95 season with 45 points in 64 games. Uh, after that, he joined ECHL South Carolina Stingrays, but uh, Jared Bednar has connections to the Mountain State there, and that, that short-lived Huntington Blizzard team uh, that was in Huntington from 93 to 2000 before moving to Texas, the now-defunct team from the ECHL. But uh, congratulations there to the Colorado Avalanche and the West Virginia connection in there. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much else to add. <laughs> Not the big hockey guy. I guess uh, the Avalanche. You'd rather be stuck in an Avalanche at this point. Or at least that's what happened. They won. So everybody would well, rather that, be stuck that in an Avalanche. shows that, that uh, the Avalanche is more powerful than the Tornado. Or not the Tornado. The, the Lightning. Light- 
<laughs> All right, well, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Tornadoes sounds better. <laughs> yeah. Sponsored by Rossini's Home Store, not just a blind store, any longer cabinets and designer bedding. Outdoor living in his family owned and operated, located at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. Go to Orsinis.com. we come back, we'll talk a little NBA, uh, Bradley Beal news, plus more next on this edition of the Sports Mix. Hi, I'm Annette McDonald, and I am the designer at Orsini's in Martinsburg, West Virginia. We welcome you into our store to show you a complete line of what we do here. We design your cabinetry, quartz countertops, granite countertops, hardware, anything for the full remodel of your kitchen and your home needs. We also do bathrooms, and we have flooring available, too. We make sure that your project with Orsini's is the best in the market. Welcome to Orsini's. Orsini's Orsini's.com. WVU Heart and Vascular Institute offers world-class heart care close to home. Our board-certified physicians are performing groundbreaking procedures using cutting-edge techniques, and that's why we're expanding our services to every corner of our region so you don't have to travel far to receive the great specialty care you deserve close to home. We're now accepting new patients at all four convenient locations in Martinsburg, Hagerstown, Shepherdstown, and Winchester. WVU Heart and Vascular Institute, world-class heart care close to home. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit right off Route 11 is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. The South Morgan Volunteer Fire Department Carnival is August the 30th through September the 3rd this year with free admission. Enjoy the fun of this year's carnival with an amazing selection of rides, live music from great local artists, live auctions, contests, and the usual assortment of mouth-watering delicious food. Discounted ride wristbands and ride and food voucher combos are available in advance. The carnival is located at 10166 Winchester Grade Road in beautiful Berkeley Springs. Find out more about this fun event at firemanscarnival.com. That's firemanscarnival.com. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this Monday, June 27th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer and Nick hanging out with you today. We'll get to the NBA as we talked on Friday, NBA draft recap. Uh, but uh, I believe Charlotte Hornets and Steve Clifford have officially uh, signed a deal as he will become the new head coach, returning for a second run as the head coach there of the Hornets. Uh, he led the franchise to two playoff appearances in a five-year run that ended in 2018. Uh, a return, he returned in the wake of Golden State's assistant Kenny Atkinson changing his mind about wanting to go to Charlotte for the job. Uh, I believe this came out, what, Friday evening, Nick? And uh, I was confused because I thought Mike D'Antoni was – he met again with Michael Jordan – uh, the owner there, and and I kind of thought he was going to be a shoe in for that role, but they choose Steve Clifford. Yeah, this is a weird hiring to me. Yeah, I mean Steve Clifford had a little bit of success with the Hornets back in twenty 
It's been a while since 2016. And yeah, I mean, they had the then, two playoff runs in the five-year span he was there. He posted back-to-back 36-win seasons, a 42-year win season in Orlando, a 33-win season, and a 21-win season. So this this hiring isn't, to me, the best guy they could have got. I think D'Antoni would have been a bigger name, a better fit for their team. Um and Steve Clifford is a very average to below average coach. And I'm not sure what led to this hiring over D'Antoni, who had met with the Hornets twice and Michael Jordan twice, uh, that he elects to go in this decision besides maybe familiarity, but it's not a familiarity where you had a ton of success. Um, you know, with Clifford as the head coach now, could he potentially you know, get something out of this younger, more talented team than what he had in Charlotte, maybe back in the you know mid twenty tens, potentially. But has he done anything as a head coach that really gets you excited if you're a Hornets fan or just you know an observer of basketball that thinks this is a good hiring? And I would say no. I mean, Steve Clifford. Yeah. Look, I mean, he's he's had a little bit of success, but the guy's 292 and 345 as a head coach was a 458 winning percentage, and he's been to the playoffs twice, and or three times, excuse me, and he's lost in the first – or four times. But he's lost in the first round every single time. So this yeah, isn't I mean, he, that exciting whenever, hiring. After he was the uh, head coach there from 2013 to 18 in Charlotte, he went on to become the Orlando Magic head coach from 2018 to 2021. Uh, not that great of a run there. Uh, they did earn a playoff appearance in 2019, uh, but uh, not much going there. <laughs> and uh, on June 5th, 2021, they decided to part ways. So he, you know, really didn't work there. Uh, he didn't work for a season. He was out of coaching there for a season. Uh, but to me, I don't know why you don't hire Mike D'Antoni. I guess maybe you choose the guy you know i don't know yeah it it didn't make much sense to me i don't know you know what the discussions were there obviously between you know jordan and d'antoni but i mean d'antoni's just had a, a much better resume he's proven to have success with teams i think built similar to lead to charlotte and steve clifford really hasn't had much success at all as a head coach so it's a definitely a weird hiring. It came out of nowhere because it was down to Atkinson and D'Antoni. They wanted Atkinson. He decides to go back to be an assistant coach for whatever reason. Yeah. So then, you, unless Mike D'Antoni was, yeah, that's a very good not happy that he was the second option. And then well, I was going to say maybe he just rejected it as well. You know, maybe there it was out of spite for not getting it the first time, or maybe it's just like the whole situation isn't that great because. You know, this Atkinson thing doesn't make sense to me that I know he said family reasons, but maybe there's something, you know, just with the Charlotte organization that is turning these coaches away. Yeah, I mean, you never know unless somebody comes out and speaks about it. But Yeah, because I don't, I don't think you would reject the head coaching job just because your family is comfortable living in San Francisco or whatever the reason would have been. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely a, something fishy there. Uh, but before we hit this final break, let's talk uh, news coming out last night. Bradley Beal 
We knew is expected to decline that player option, uh, but he is expected to sign that five-year, two hundred four somewhere in the neighborhood of two hundred forty-eight million dollar max extension this summer with the Wizards to stay with the Wizards. After kind of the last week, uh, we had talked on the show that it was kind of in limbo of what he wanted to do, uh, but this coming out last night from CBS Sports. Uh, so it looks like he's going to come back to the Wizards, Nick. Yeah, I mean, this made sense and was kind of the rumor the whole time was that Bradley Beal was going to re-sign. And then, like, the last couple weeks, it was questionable what was going to go on. But I do remember after the season ended, it was like he's probably going to come back, probably going to sign that max extension. Until he comes out, though, and and does it, you know, I I still have my doubts that this will still be an extension that he signs and he stays in D.C., but we'll see. I mean, there's not a whole lot of situations where he could go – in terms of cap numbers, but um, they could always work out a sign and trade. I do hope he stays, though. I think this team has a chance to be a playoff team this year. I don't know if they'll be able to add anything to go along with Beal, uh, but I think they have a nice young core. I think it, it could be you know, a low-end playoff team, but I wouldn't be surprised still if he does request a trade at some point down the line because I don't think they're going to be a championship team. Yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, I think they can compete. I mean, it's kind of just maybe years down the line from actually competing for a championship. But that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more on the other side of this break. We'll wrap things up. The latest on the Deshaun Watson situation and uh, Nats get a, a series victory this weekend. We'll talk about that when we wrap things up next on today's edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Back in two minutes. I can't remember what was said or what you thought. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest-growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. At Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths, we ensure your home is both beautiful and functional. We've been taking care of our neighbors for over 25 years. We specialize in kitchen and bathroom remodeling. From start to finish, from design until installation. Whether it's countertops, cabinets, backsplashes, or full baths, we've got you covered. Custom work done with care. We are Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. What do you get when the longest, hardest, widest runway in the state of West Virginia is asked to host the 250th birthday of Berkeley County? A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness an afternoon of fun, music, and finish with the largest fireworks show worthy of a 250-year-old. Visit Eastern West Virginia Regional Airport on Sunday, July 3rd with gates opening at 2.50 p.m., of course. We'll have food trucks, libation, and something for all ages as we celebrate Berkeley 250. Go to berkeleywv250.com and click on events to get the full lineup of fun. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! Conveniently located right off 81 at 214 Mid-Atlantic Parkway, Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including happy hour 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. with $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Monday night is trivia night, Thursday night is wing night, and Wednesday and Sunday night is steak night. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! 
You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your June 27, 2022, brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer Puinick for Zellini, happy to have you with us here as we wrap up today's edition, this Monday edition. And uh, Tuesday, tomorrow, we'll begin the Sean Watson NFL disciplinary hearing. Uh, it will be done by new disciplinary officer Sue L. Robinson, a former federal judge, as uh, that was part of the new CBA a couple years back, or I guess it was, I guess not, not necessarily part of the CBA, but the NFL and NFLPA have kind of jointly decided that uh, it might be better for an outside source necessarily, rather than Roger Goodell, to even hear the hearing uh, because it's somebody who was in was a you know federal judge, so it kind of makes more sense. Uh, the latest rumblings uh, are, according to Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, that uh, it's likely going to be a year. Uh, I believe it'll be determined by Sue L. Robinson, and then Roger Goodell will make it based upon what she says. I believe I don't know; it's kind of still up in the air. Uh, but if he gets uh, suspended for a year, then it would be nine hundred until when he could reply for reinstatement. It would have been nine hundred and eighty days since he last played in an NFL game, Nick. Yeah, and I think if you're you know, the Cleveland Browns, you're obviously concerned about this paying the guy two hundred thirty million dollars. Yeah, the highest guaranteed contract in NFL history. Um, but you knew the risk when you did that, so. You know, it was a questionable move, in my opinion, at the time, especially when you already had a quarterback in Baker Mayfield who has controversies about him in terms of maybe sometimes his attitude and stuff like that, but definitely not controversy and off-the-field issues, at least, that have been yeah. reported. So, I mean, he was going to be on the field. He was going to be at practice and be a part of your team. And you get rid of him for, you know, Watson, and now you're in a situation where He's probably Baker's probably not going to play for you, and your quarterback's probably going to be suspended a year. So from the field issue there, uh, the Browns are definitely in trouble. Presuming this hap- that this suspension goes down to a year, um, at least. Uh, and from a justice perspective, I mean, this seems about right, if not yeah. more. I mean, this is a guy that clearly has some issues, and uh, you know affected a lot of people's lives so uh definitely deserves to be punished for it definitely deserves and we'll keep you updated as we hear things throughout the week as we wrap up the show about a minute or so till we hit the outro nationals win two out of three in texas the team that at one point uh moved franchises at one point from 1961 to 71 was known as the washington senators so the washington nationals get the two to one series victory and a solid outing yesterday from Jackson, I can't remember how to say his name, Tedderot, I believe is how you say it. And uh, he's kind of solidly earned or quietly earned himself a spot in the rotation on the season now. He's 2-1 and one with a 4.24 ERA and uh, kind of earns a spot there with 
kind of up in the air of what's going to go on with Steven Strasburg and Joe Ross obviously being out for the year. Uh, so the Nationals, they start a three-game set with the Pirates tonight at home. Uh, Eric Fetty, Nick's favorite National on the mound tonight. Uh, and the Orioles, they are – where are they at? They, they are, are at out Seattle. west in Seattle. They'll start a three-game set. Three or four? Uh, it's a three, yes. Yeah. So uh, Orioles and Nationals back in it tonight. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll be back on the air tonight, 550th-ish, excuse me, for pregame for South Berkeley versus Hedgesville. And the winner of that game will go to the the Losers Consolation Bracket Championship to uh, go to be the district runner, or excuse me, area runner-up for the district tournament next week. Uh, but that'll do it for this edition. For Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Ruiz saying so long. We'll talk to you tonight or tomorrow at 12.08 on the Sports Mix. We'll be right back.